You are listening to Deeply Connected. I'm your host, Ludmiwa Woodruff, and I am here to help you heal relationship patterns with yourself and others so you can create conscious relationships through connection and authentic love. Now, let's focus on getting you deeply connected to yourself and those around you. Welcome back to Deeply Connected with my guest today, Jessica Hurley. There she is. Look at this. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting next to me. And she's finally on my podcast because I have been the expert relationship coach on her podcast, Rich in Real Life. Mm -hmm. Real Life. Real Life. So many times. So I think it was time to bring her over here. I'm finally on Deep, Deeply Connected. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. Me too. And I'm doing a takeover because again, I love to interview people, (laughs) um, but I really want your viewers and listeners to get a very behind the scenes look of why you do what you do, Mm -hmm. who you actually are Mm -hmm. and some of the things that matter to you, because I think that's really Mm. important and um, and that you are not this final product just because you are a coach Mm -hmm. and, you know, helping people work on relationships while you are married and you are an incredible mother you have you deal with a lot of the same things that we deal with as well and so i thought it would be really cool to yeah give them an inside look i know we're all human after all yes (laughs) there's this song i love human after law it's like i need to find it but we we sing it with our boys because it's exactly this we think people that are experts or people who are leaders in their area that they are kind of different than the regular person than their clients or their customers, but we are as human with brains and feelings and desires and hopes and heartbreaks and all of that. So oh, we're all having a life experience. Oh yeah. We're all living this life experience. Correct. And what do they always say? They say there's something like you don't ever want to meet your hero. Mm. And it's because the minute that you like, you've always had them on a pedestal and if they're yeah. on a pedestal, eventually they have to fall off. It's like our parents. Ouch. Okay. We have them on a pedestal and it's like, (laughs) oh yeah, they are just humans like us and they do some interesting things just like we do. Correct. And then, and then the veil comes off and you're like, damn, they're people. I still love them and they're not this perfect person I thought they were. Right. Mm. Yeah. So it's all us. Mm -hmm. We can't even start this interview without going deep. Okay. (laughs) Great. Let's get deeply connected. Okay. So first things first, relationship coach. Mm -hmm. And I think the title undersells you Mm. because I think people think relationship coach and you think about all the authors and speakers that are um, telling us how to fix and resolve our relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Which Mm -hmm. semi-laughable in society right now. But I think you are an expert in deeply connecting the relationships, not only with those around you, Mm -hmm. but with ourselves personally, which Mm -hmm. is where we start because holy moly, if we could just stop victimizing ourselves and every relationship that we're in <laughs> and point the mirror on ourselves and fix some of those things, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's literally our life force. It changes everything around yeah. us. And so my question to start would be, who were you before all of this and what got you, led you into this work? Because it was the work you did on yourself that led you into this coaching, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. I was so many different women <laughs> before this. <laughs> Um, you know where I come from, Eastern Europe, I'm from Poland. Uh, we don't have much of personal development mm-hmm. and even going to a psychologist that is not, maybe now more, but I left my country 23 years ago as a young woman. And it's a lot about survival, survive, survive, be tough. You know, it's just such a different way of living and it's not bad. It's just what serves us and what we know. And I was raised by my mom who is a very strong alpha person, amazing, but also very strong character. And I've taken on some of those characteristics myself on without understanding. And they served me really well in life in some aspects, but also a lot of from survival. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved abroad, I moved to Belgium, uh, still in Europe, but completely different culture. Um, you know, a lot of wealth, financial wealth in that country, access to resources where in my country at the time of me growing up, there was not a lot of resources. So um, we were still under like Russian regime until I was nine. 
So money, first of all, history of money was you don't need money. You just need to be a good person. Like those two are exclusive. And that's yeah. how I grew up very much. And then um, just handling yourself, just make enough to survive. That was kind of the theme of growing up. Just, you know, you need to figure it out. You need connections. You need other people to help you make money. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Especially like it's good to marry well off. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't blame my mom. I don't blame anybody. That was the situation. And, you know, she was doing her best and, and I love her for that. But when I moved to another country, I, I was and I didn't realize it was a culture shock for me. You know, I'm 19 years old. Now I'm working as au pair for very wealthy family. They live mm. in a villa. I've never seen a house like that in my life. And I'm thinking, is this even possible? That's for other people. That's not for me. Ooh. That's for other people. That was my thinking because that's all, all what I knew. I come from very small apartment. You know, I just visited my mom this year and I thought to my, I, I cried and I was thinking like, wow, I've came a long way. It's really at 19. How did I know to leave? the safest place that I knew in a way, but also not the place where I wanted to stay. Subconsciously, I knew there is more for me. And as I was in Belgium, I was exposed to so much more, just more variety of people, cultures, religions, perspective of life. And I still didn't have a mentor, right? So I'm like trying to figure this out, the new culture. I've learned the language. I went to school there. I, you know, I have master's in translation. So I went to university in a foreign country where they were teaching in Dutch, Mm-hmm. Right. So I had to learn Dutch. I had like one year or two years that I could learn the language to go to school and then become a translator in Polish, Dutch and English. Two of those languages, not my not my right. first language. It was very and I had to work because I didn't come from money. So I had to work there and then go to school and figure it out. And I did that. Thank God for my survival skills because I didn't need much. Remember, I don't need money. Right. And then at some point I was going through dating process. That was not great because I grew up without that. And I would anxiously attach myself to men, chase them and just somebody please love me. And I didn't know better because I didn't experience a healthy man uh, relationship in my life because there was no, you know, nobody there. My dad was not there and my mom was, you know, with someone, but... I'm sad to say it was not really a fatherly relationship to me and I wish it was. So I didn't experience a lot of hugging. I love you and you are doing amazing and I'm proud of you, uh, you know, from a man in my life. I mean, my dad until I was three and that was it. And so I found myself in this circle of constantly chasing men and trying to be loved. And then I also lacked a lot of emotional skills. I mean, I was very tough and mm-hmm. I was like, you do not cross me. Because, you know, it's going to come to you. But then on the other side with men, I was so anxious. I was like, please love me almost with my behaviors. I would not say that, but my behaviors were, I will do whatever it takes, right? And, but I also demand from you to respect me. So this <laughs> very interesting dynamic. And when I was not receiving what I wanted, I would like completely emotionally crush and like cry for days. And because I didn't have any skills, nobody taught me how to manage your emotions. And I remember I was, I think, 28 and it's repetitive, repetitive, right? So, oh, yeah. I'm, so now I'm working there. I'm in Belgium working, not making a lot of money because it's not for me. Remember, I have a story. And this becomes reflective. Correct. Correct. Well. Because if I think I'm not the person that can make more than 50,000 a year, guess what I'm going to make? 50,000 a year, Ooh. right? Yes. Because that's what we believe. And then I, one day I just finished kind of a relationship and, and, I thought to myself, this cannot be this, like, what is wrong with the situations with men? And, and I really realized this is me. It is me. I'm one constant. At 28? Yes. I'm one constant. Said no one ever. Yeah. But <laughs> I got a slap, you know, I think it was just like, I felt so miserable. And I'm like, this is not working out. I don't know what's going on, but let me look at all of this. And it is me. And I still didn't have access to like personal development. I, I heard of coaches, but it was all in US. There were, it was not present in um, Europe at that time. Now we, I think, have coaches in, in uh, maybe in Holland and England. But in my country, it was like, what do you mean? What is that, right? You just go and drink or smoke cigarettes. That's what you do. <laughs> I mean, you survive and you have a party and you laugh and then you repeat and repeat, right? Mm-hmm. So we cope as we can. And there are pluses to it because you can be with people doing that. But at that point in my life, it was a very defining moment for me. I realized it's me. I'm creating those relationships. I'm allowing myself to, to be that woman that just chases men and then settles 
and then like repeats and repeats and repeats. It's the same and the same and the same. So I was so tired and done at that point. I think I like, you know, I hit my rock bottom and I remember telling myself I moved out. Yes, I finished a relationship. I, I moved out, out of his apartment and I literally had $1,000 in my account, bank account. And I'm in a foreign country, so I don't have family to go to. And my mom cannot support me there because she doesn't have money because we don't need money. Correct. We need to be good people. Right. And I remember standing in my apartment that I rented, hoping that I can figure out how to pay for that with my new job that paid not enough money, of course. And I was thinking to myself, that's it. I am not settling anymore. And if that means I have to be single, I will be single. But I am not settling for anything less than, and I make the whole list of qualities that I'm looking for in a man. Honest, transparent. He does what he says, mm. right? I am taking my time this time. And like, I, I, I don't know where it came from because as I said, there was no personal right. development for me, but I just, I just felt I'm like, this cannot go on like this. And I felt it. I felt this is it or there's nothing else. That's it. Correct. And that's what I'm going to do. And there's a funny story how I met my husband, but we met, I think, a year before. And both of us were not ready for the relationship. And then, as we can talk, you know, as you will hear in another episode, we reconnected later. And because I was so clear on my standards, because I was clear on what I want, it worked. Yeah. Because I said no to anything else than that's what was on that list for me. Mm -hmm. And so even my mother, I remember when I told her I met my husband and she's like, how old is he? And when I met him, I was 29, he was 39. And her first question was, was he married before? No. Does he have kids? No. And the next question, what's wrong with him? Right? Because wow. 39, a man, he should already. And I yeah. said, nothing, mom. It's nothing. He was just waiting. Thank God. He was one of those guys who decided to wait because he had some feeling that he's not settling either. And so that was a big transformational moment for me as well, because I, when you would have asked me five years before that moment, I could never imagine somebody like him choosing me, <sighs> right? Because I was financially not on the same level. He was, you know, professionally doing very well. And I'm still trying to figure out what to do with myself mm. because I always felt like there is something more for me and I don't fit in in a cubicle in a corporate, I just don't like unemployable, it was unemployable. As, yeah, exactly. exactly. I, like, <laughs> oh, you tell me this, that, that you care about your employees, but you treat people this way. That's not with integrity. Right. So I knew that there was more, but there was lack of belief in the possibility of me being what, who I want to be or what I want to be outside. And I even didn't know what I wanted to be in mm. some ways. I knew I wanted to work with people, but what do I do? How do I do it? Right. So um, we got married and in Belgium and then we have our first child. And with that came another pivotal moment in my life because then I was not ready for what motherhood really had for me, you know, prepared for me. And so I had something in mind. It looked and felt very different. And I was so confused. Like that should be this beautiful moment. And it was in many ways, but it also put me in this mental emotional space that I, again, lacked some skills to deal with. I always ask people, mm -hmm. and I say this so lightly, I know we're supposed yeah. to be so positive, but I'm always like, yeah. when I'm like digging deep with yeah. the hosts I work with, I'll always say, what did motherhood do to you? Yeah. And they'll be like, what do you mean, what did it do to you? I'm like, it did something. It broke me. It and broke you. It changed yeah. you. Yeah. It made you manage your time better. Yeah. It made you be more present. Yeah. It made you crazy. It yeah. made you something, yeah. but it made you because yeah. motherhood makes you. It makes you something. It makes you something. Or if it doesn't, then you are completely disconnected from yourself mm. and you are lying to yourself. Correct. Correct. So it broke me. Like it literally, I, at some point I looked in the mirror and I had no idea who I was, mm. you know? And I was like, who is this person? I don't recognize her. It was challenging. And so as my son was growing and we were navigating different things and we had so many challenges, behavioral challenges, not because there was something wrong with him, but we did, were not educated on what it is to raise a child with a gifted brain that not only is very smart here and the brain is nonstop on, but there, his body was nonstop on. And I'm trying to parent him without the knowledge, you know, what to do when I, the only um, tools I have is from my own culture, how I was parented in many ways, right? And so you have to respect and you have to listen and you have to be, I'm the authority, right? Yes. That didn't work out well, so. I said, because I said so. Because I said so, mm, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. And so at some point I realized again that 
I need to understand how I can be a more present and more peaceful parent because I would just yell and I would lose it. And I was like, what is going on with me? I had no clue I can be this person. This is scary. You what know? was the breaking point for this? Do you remember? I, I think just the one time I almost went for a belt because he wouldn't listen. And it still didn't work. Like one time I used it and it still didn't work. And I was like, and he just looked at me. He's like, well, it didn't hurt. What now? Literally. And I thought to myself, okay, I don't think I know what I'm doing here. Like I'm doing all the things. I read all the books. I'm a smart person. My husband is a smart person. Like <laughs> we need help here. Like how do I deal with my emotions? And my husband can, is, is less reactive. He's more of a calm person. But for me, it was unraveling of myself. Because also I didn't realize at that time that he had so many characteristics of, of me being very active, being very curious, being very, I don't follow any rules. You tell me this, I'm going to do something else. So it's like parenting my own self without understanding. I'm like not a slipping trigger, out when trigger. we, when we meet ourselves. Correct. Mirror, mirror. The, yeah, when the, we yeah. meet the child version of ourselves, we can't stand it. We can't stand it's, it it's, when we have to heal it. And we yeah. can't stand it when we meet it in yeah. our children. Yeah. Correct. And I want to point out for a moment, if you don't mind, just yeah. listening to this, you've already pointed out two pivotal moments yeah. in your life, mm-hmm. standing in, standing in your own apartment yeah. and saying, that's enough. Yeah. And really like, it's really your moment of like, I'm tired of my own shit. Yeah. And then this moment of parenting yeah. where you're saying, this is not working. Yeah. Both of these times of which you are taking radical responsibility. Correct. Yeah. And so often we cry victim mm-hmm. or we point fingers Yeah. Or we want to fix because we're Mm -hmm. always in our mind. Mm -hmm. Far few times are we ever able to take that radical responsibility and Mm -hmm. say, the solution to this might be, might look like me changing me. Yes. And I will tell you that I think a big number of divorces happen before, because of that. Or before people even get to that phase. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because he won't change. Yes, you won't change. You won't take the responsibility. So when I hear somebody say, oh, the institution of marriage is horrible. No, you just married a person when you were unaware of your own red, red flags, because we have red flags too. So you were not aware red of flags, your red like flags, home. right? That's the newest quote of the year. Right. And, then you, <laughs> and then you attract somebody with red flags and then you say marriage is wrong. No, you were just in an unconscious relationship, mm. right? So... Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to look at yourself and instead of pointing finger at somebody else and it's your, and like, I could say, yeah, it's your fault. The, the, the four-year-old you, it's your fault. I'm triggered. It's your fault. You need to change. So I don't feel this way, but like the controlling part, the trying to co- contain somebody, it's exhausting. It's literally exhausting. So I knew I have to do something because I can't go on like this. I felt horrible as a mother because I knew I love him and I knew I'm not a horrible person, but I was becoming someone I didn't know I could be. And it was very scary for me. It was very scary for me. And I didn't want to be this yelling parent that just reacts and reacts. And, but that's all I knew, right? Fight, fight, fight. So that's what my nervous system knew. And it was humbling to understand that being calm is really what I wanted, <laughs> Because calm was boring for me. (laughs) Pause. I really want to point out two things. I love this so much. You just said that you didn't like who you were becoming. Mm -hmm. And I know one of my breaking points in my Mm -hmm. life was where I sat in a chair in a hotel room and I was like, I hate this version of me. This is not who I am. I don't want anyone else to see me like this. I don't want to bleed onto anyone else. And that was a breaking point for me. So I love that. And I think a lot of people feel that feeling and then they immediately detach from it and then they point a finger or Mm -hmm. disassociate or they find something else to drown themselves in instead of allowing in that moment to break. And I think it's a breaking moment of it's just like, I hate, it's not that life sucks. It's I hate who I've become to survive this. Mm -hmm. How do I allow myself to break and choose that this isn't working and I have the power to change it, but I have to first accept that it's not okay and it's not where I want to be. And then two, you just said that it was humbling to realize that you say that again, that you did want to be calm and loved. Yes, because calm was not like in my dating, right? If it wasn't if productive. We know, correct. If we know, if we know chaos and like my mom, as I said, did her best, but she was a single parent. I, 
experienced the death of my dad, the death of my sister, and another death of a close person by the age of 12. So there was a lot of emotions that have not been processed in a, in a way, and I'm sure my mom didn't process them in a way that was supportive for her either. Mm-hmm. So if you are used to this roller coaster of emotions, then being calm seems very boring. And, <laughs> and when I realized, wow, I just want to be calm, I just want to be collected, it was like, not who, all of us being attracted I? to drama. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be doing this emotional roller coaster. What I thought was fun and attractive, even in dating, what was fun and attractive was always ending in, in pain. So I realized, I realized like this is, there's nobody else is going to save me. Literally, like I need to do this. And I said, I'm going to find a solution for this somehow. And that's how I found coaching. Mm. That's how I found coaching. Mm-hmm. And this was how many years in a marriage? Let me think. I think we were, um, so our first son was, let me think, how old was he? Four or five, something like that. So we've been Old married. enough to talk back. Yes, <laughs> yes. But also what is very interesting was that when I met my husband, he has done a lot of his healing work in his 30s. And so when we were living in Belgium one time, he said to me, let's go. I would love for us to go um, on a weekend. I want you to meet one of my mentors. He's in Europe right now. And so we went to this event and it was my first ever. Now I look back and I say, oh my gosh, that was the moment where I was introduced to consciousness because his mentor used to be a doctor, a medical doctor. And then he had an awakening and he became a spiritual teacher. And when we went to this event, he introduced the mandala way of thinking about yourself, your presence, your past, your future. And I was sitting there thinking, what is this? This is so bizarre. <laughs> this man what I'm going to marry is a psychopath. Can, yes. You, you mean, wait, you mean I can think about what happened at work with those people in a different way that I don't have to think that they're horrible? No, but I don't like them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait a minute. And so like this whole day, now I look back and I think to myself, wow. It's your first was, introduction. Yes, like real in-person introduction. Like I already read a little bit about coaching. I knew a little bit, but that was like my live-through experience, you know? And it's interesting that it came through my relationship with my husband when we were dating. Very interesting. Isn't that funny how the gift chases you? I swear yes. it chases you. It'll and introduce itself at yes. bizarre times and, yes. you're not, and you're not ready. And I've always heard people say... Um, if you're not ready for it, it will yeah. give. The, it'll go to someone else. And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. What is for you is for you. <laughs> it's for it you. It will come mm-hmm. back around and around and around in different forms again until it's, you are fully ready to embrace it. And it's interesting because we have such different backgrounds. Like mm-hmm. our families, when you look at our life, you would think like how those two people will find each other. It's bizarre, mm-hmm. right? So it's just a lot of learning of like, we don't know <laughs> so much. We just don't know so much. So... That was this understanding for me that I don't want to be this person. I want to be somebody else and it will take somebody to help me because I have no clue. I have no clue how to manage my emotions without losing it or fighting you or or being tough or being right. So that was an interesting point. And I always think about this, how I made that decision and that one decision changed so much in my life. I have to commend you for this, though, because I'm sitting here thinking like both times, Mm -hmm. radical responsibility, Mm -hmm. whereas I think there's some... Some of you listening to this and like, even with me, like I think about with every layer I've had to unlearn, I'm hard headed mm-hmm. as hell. So like, I gotta like, I'm gonna fight you on that. I'm yeah. wrong for a while until it hits like the breaking yeah. point. And then I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That wasn't working. That was-, <laughs> that was not right. That was not it. Like, and then I have to embrace yeah. some level of radical responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then what are, what are my steps going to be moving forward to change this? Mm-hmm. And I think both times you kind of got tired of your own shit. I just, you know. And I can't it, do this by myself. I don't know. It's, it's like I even left Poland at 19, yeah. right? Like I was like, I need something else and I want to go somewhere else because there has to be more. I didn't know. Like I felt there has to be more. And it was, it was hard to be an, in a foreign country without money. Like Absolutely. I was not making much at all. And it was, it, it was really, really hard. Like the cultural shock that now I understand what it was, but I had no clue. Uh, finding yourself in that space, learning the language and staying. And, you know, my niece came to Belgium for one year and, and worked and I helped her a little bit. And then she left. She was like, that's too much. And I get that. And I was like, I am not going back. I'm not going back I home will make because this work. Is, I will make this work no matter what. Like I know because I felt that 
I just can't. Like, what am I going to do at home? Go and work in an office in Poland? Like, there was no other option for me there. And I said, mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not going anywhere and I will figure it out somehow. And so I think I've learned or I just, the more you resist something, the more it persists and, and just keeps coming up for you. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. So I already know going through this process that the, the moment you, you accept the invitation you are going to evolve and shift so much faster and to the point that you are looking for, then why am I resisting this? Yes, will there be pain? Yeah, it will be very heartbreaking many times and it's not going to look pretty and it's going to look messy, but it's already messy. So what am I really losing? Not much. Okay, it's going to hurt because I'm going to be conscious of, of my choices right now and conscious of what I have to grieve or process but I'm already doing it in some unconscious way that still doesn't feel great. So I'm just going to go with the door number two where I'm choosing this and I'm going to be in pain for some time and then it's going to get better. I've noticed in life that if we could all embrace the messy room, I wish this was just like yeah. a, like a way to, this is how I explain it to my team. This is how I think of it in relationships because I've noticed the theme is the same in every facet like yeah. of life is that like anytime I have to scrap things in my business and start from scratch, anytime I have to build systems in my business, anytime I have to fix things in a relationship that are very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. anytime I have to fix a friendship, mm -hmm. it is like you keep walking into your room every day and it's a mess. Yeah. And you're like, I need to clean this. I actually need to redo everything. And you don't get to skip the part where you have to take everything off the walls and everything out of the closet and you kind of have to put it in the middle of the floor. Well, yes, and it also takes patience. We are, you know, culture focused on immediate gratifications, immediate results. And we think that the more you work on something, the faster you're going to get it. But healing and change doesn't work always like this. And mm -hmm. so you need to understand that and, and have more grace and patience for yourself and the process. And like we get so entitled. We get so entitled. I hear it in relationships like I'm so... You, you don't come to me and say, I'm entitled. You come and say, my husband did this or my kid or my parents or the guys I'm dating. And I'm so entitled, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like I'm doing ABCD or I'm being ABCD and I need this to be like this. And I, I just always pause because you are entitled to literally nothing. We are not entitled to anything, but like you are alive, you are breathing, you have a roof over your head. So many people in the world don't even have that. So we're already entitled. It's okay, take it. Mm -hmm. But then don't expect to things just fall into your place because you are working harder. You cannot work harder on healing. It's, it needs time. It needs time to integrate. It needs time to process, right? Um, so we can get or like entitled and like, I don't want to work and I just want to have this change. Or we can go into, okay, if I just work harder on this, it's going to change faster. no. You are trying to skip the process. And the key is in the process. In the process. In the process. And so that's, that's what I see in relationships so often that we don't take the responsibility. We try to skip the process. We try to do it faster. Or we try to blame other people. Like, yeah, it's their fault. If they just change, then I would feel special. No. Because if you don't feel special about yourself in some way today, no matter what your partner will do, it will never be enough. Yes. So... It's like you have to be able to understand that you are not a project, you are living your life. And if you want to feel different or be somebody different in life, it's going to take commitment. And it's not going to, you know, you don't do the work only when it's convenient. I'm sorry to say that, but life will throw things at you or stuff will get activated. And it's up to you to say yes or no to it. But it's still up to you. I have always thought the medicine mm -hmm. for entitlement Mm -hmm. And radical responsibility mm -hmm. is literally just awareness mm -hmm. and presence because everybody wants an end result. I always hear I've had, you know, yeah. men, especially because I talk so much about this now on my show and my page. I've had men ask me, so you do this so much. When are you done healing? Yeah. And I'm like, never. Mm -hmm. There's a book I was reading that where she said, if you're looking for the final result of healing, you're on the wrong ship. It is simply all about surrender. Just mm -hmm. surrendering to it. And it's like the, the medicine to these things. You, like you said, we're always going to be entitled. Mm -hmm. We're always going to have to face these demons. Mm -hmm. We're always going to have, have to face ourselves. Mm -hmm. The medicine is simply just awareness and being present. Like I always see myself, I, I see so much of it when, with mm -hmm. parenting. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be doing something with my son and I'm, then I'm, I have a moment where I'm like, what are you doing right now? 
What are you trying to do? What are you trying to fix within yourself that you're putting and placing and bleeding onto your child, like your parenting? Yeah. I saw a post the other day that I was like, this is, this is not the equivalent of all of us that said me. It was like me as a mother. Mm -hmm. um, I want my son to be free and creative yeah. in this. Also me. That ornament doesn't go there. Put it on the right branch. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's our projection of perfection yeah. that's our like if it doesn't look this way what will people think and i need to look like this perfect person on the magazine and yeah but it it's it's not real life and i think when we talk even about healing we go through seasons right we go we will go through menopause at some point yeah like right that again will be a season there will be parents that are sick or die or, or dying there will be mm -hmm. us going through some health issues and it will bring some grief. It will bring some emotions. It, bring, it will bring something because it's life. Life is not this stagnant thing that you wake up to and you have just to-do list and you keep going at this. Life is a living experience. And what I see very often is we try to get to like the end result. And we're like, when I'm there, then I can live my life. No, you are living your life right now and you are trying to avoid living your life to get to living your life. It's like, I'm so confused <laughs> right now, you know, like you're trying to avoid everything. What's your life right now to finally feel something or be something when you, you know, you are married or you get this amount of money. And I will tell you, I'm married and I have amount of money and it's not changing. It's like, mm. it's you being open to understanding that this is a living experience. And as long as you breathe, you will experience something. And, and the moment you try to skip it, you are skipping your own life. You are skipping your own time and it's not coming back, right? So if I get to X, if I make 2 million in my business or 3 million or whatever that is for you, then, then I can relax. I ha literally have people tell me that in, in, in our calls, you know, no, I just need to get to that amount and then, then I can take care of myself. Then I can really focus on breathing and self-regulation. This stuff that seems like a waste of time. Correct. Or like, you know, I need to hit that goal because without yeah. that goal, I'm yeah. not on this level in this area of my life. And I said, but you're already living your life. So why aren't you doing and being already who you want to be right now? Why are you waiting for this amount of money to give you permission to be that? Correct. Right. So it's, it's, it's very interesting because we, and I have to check myself sometimes as well, because I can go into those moments and I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? Am I trying to chase something or I'm really doing something that I want to be doing? And what's the reasoning behind it? Because I don't want to look at anybody else in my space or I don't want to look even at other business owners that say you have to hustle, 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 hustle. That's a toxic culture. You don't like it impacts relationships and whatever you tell me, it does. So I want to make sure that when I'm doing things, I'm doing it my way and I'm not telling my clients how they have to do things, but I will ask them questions so they can explore for themselves, right? What works for them and how it works. And I want you to question, like I question, I want you to question everything you see, the culture, what seems normal, right? Like there's a book by Dr. Gabor Matt and it's like, it's a myth of normal. What is normal? Like do healing in a toxic culture where everybody's like suppress, work, produce, you're sick, you just still go to work because you said you will. Like we are so disconnected from our souls and our hearts and being that we just become those machines. And when you do that, very often when you focus on just that, very often we sacrifice the legacy of love and relationships in the name of legacy of material wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So it's possible to do both and create both. And we need to be aware again, aware. Again, a relationship with self first so we can understand who are we being and what are we really creating here. Mm. So I want to go back for a second mm -hmm. because you are now... On our timeline, you're now in California. Yeah. And you have seeked a coach mm -hmm. and you are deep diving into yourself mm -hmm. all while in a marriage yeah. and with a son. Mm -hmm. And now two kids. When I'm in Florida, oh, now I have two kids. Two yeah. kids. Then you guys moved to Florida. Yeah. And I know there was some time in between that, but I met yeah. you in 2020. Mm -hmm. And you were, you had no idea, but you were wildly passionate about helping women in the space. I was space. already doing coaching, right? But yep. it was like, I was so scattered. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. What got you crystal clear? Or what was the moment that got you crystal clear that you wanted to take the stuff that had really helped you regulate mm -hmm. and get really mm -hmm. aligned with yourself? Mm -hmm. And like, what did you start seeing in other people where you were like, people need this? 
Well, I think when I when I'm honest, I look back at my life. I look back, and all I always did for people in friendships was relationship advice. Always, mm-hmm. always, always. How to feel better about yourself? How to feel better in your friendships? I mean, like I I looked back, and that's all what I did in all my friendships. I was that person you come to when. You want to discuss things. And I don't know how I knew some of good answers. Some were crazy, but some were really amazing. <laughs> but that's all what I did. And you feel, and, and I got some value out of it being that person as well. And so when I just realized how much my experience of being alive and being in a marriage and as a mother and, and a woman changed, how it changed my relationship with my children, my, my kids, you know, it's, do we make mistakes? 100%. But we have such a great, healthy relationship with them. And I can see how they have, they literally check how they feel. The older one will be like, oh, I feel something in my stomach. And no, it's not sadness. Oh, yeah, I think it's the disgust. And he will like go through this whole process, you know, himself and how it influences my marriage. And then I would look around at, at people I would meet. And so many people go into this victim mode of like, it's my husband, it's my kids. I'm exhausted. I'm this, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. And I felt, wow. I felt such a relief from applying everything I've learned in my relationships and life and how I calmed down to, to an extent. And then I looked around and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be amazing if all those people that I meet and they're stressed out and they don't know how to navigate that could experience what I am experiencing? I think mm-hmm. it would be such an amazing gift. And just by changing myself, I changed so much within my family unit. And we changed, and as we are who we are, now we the people we meet, we also impact their lives with my family, correct? Mm -hmm. And so if I can help more people to feel more connected to themselves deeply, deeply, and to the people around them, like we are changing the world one person at a time, right? You truly are. You you truly are. And and I do want to give you your flowers on this episode, but... I like flowers. (laughs) I don't have any literal flowers, but we're going to give you your flowers on this episode. But... I want to say that because I've walked this journey with you for at least two years mm-hmm. and there's a thousand benefits mm-hmm. to being deeply connected to myself. Mm-hmm. But one of the most beautiful gifts mm-hmm. of all of it mm-hmm. has been it changed. And I, I keep using this very simple mm-hmm. word and I feel bad for anyone that doesn't it doesn't mean anything to because it means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And it is finding so much joy in presence mm-hmm. because when you fall in love with yourself, mm-hmm. The byproduct is that you become immaculately present Mm -hmm. and you find love in everything. Mm -hmm. And I literally have so much joy in the, forgive me, the stupidest shit. Mm -hmm. Like the stupidest shit. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like making my coffee in the morning or the natural sunlight that comes into my apartment or like walking and being able to breathe and see water. Or it's sometimes it's as simple as sitting outside and closing my eyes and I can feel everything. I can feel, I can, when I realize I have the control mm-hmm. to literally feel chaos from work, business and relationships. And in within five minutes, I can step outside and take a couple deep breaths and feel my body. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is a level of control that I've never experienced. Not the kind that makes you feel like you're successful. Not the kind that makes you feel like I can pivot and, and change the trajectory of mm-hmm. things. It is a power in control. I've never experienced mm-hmm. of just everything is outside of me and and it and it doesn't it it has no power over me i don't think it's a control though what is that what do you think it is i don't know is it acceptance is it just letting go is it being just present without the control because when i feel like reframing it when i feel like i know it's me and most of my experiences are defined by how i feel and how i respond it's just it's just the presence. That's all what I need to do, yeah. right? If I would ask you a question like close your eyes and imagine there is no problem to solve whatsoever, what would show up for you? It's not control. It's, pre- it's normally for everybody to be presence or love or um, acceptance or surrender, whatever that is, right? But if we understand that there is no problem to solve, yeah, what do I feel? Free. Yeah. yeah. Freedom. Yeah. That's the gift. Yeah. So maybe it's not presence, it's freedom. Mm -hmm. It's that I don't, I can be in true Mm -hmm. chaos Mm -hmm. and in a couple moments be like, oh, all of that is outside of me. Mm -hmm. I'm completely free Mm -hmm. at any time when I want to be. I literally can just step aside 
and have a moment with myself. And I'm like, I'm in my body. I'm safe. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many times I've had to have exercises yeah, where you are like, you are safe in your body right now. Yeah. Everything that you feel is not actually happening yeah. to you. And that, yeah, priceless. Mm-hmm. I cannot explain how yeah. priceless that is and how many people I wish were willing to open up and accept that mm-hmm. you're probably already past the point of needing this. Oh, yeah. Past 100%, the point 100%. of needing to to experience this level of presence in your body. 100%. And then when we are not present and we become so worried about everything because, right, the thoughts are going 70,000 thoughts a day. Manufactured anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because literally when you look at our lives right now, especially in America, I know there are challenges, but I always, you know, coming from survival helped me a lot because I look at where we live right now. We have a very nice house. You know, we have very nice neighborhood where we live. And every day though, not from scarcity, but just from this pure feeling and knowing, I'm so happy I have running water in my house. I'm so happy I have, mm. I have a fridge full of food. And I, because I know for so many, and it's not that it's haunting me. I just feel this deep gratitude for what I have already and who I am already. Can it be improved? Hundred percent. But I'm so grateful already. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm so thankful. I'm in in a space where it's safe again, right? I'm not in a war zone. I don't have to worry about how to save my kids. Like all those things, we forget about this because, you know, we don't live there. Mm-hmm. But it, it is like, I think about this because I grew up, yes, not during the war, but we were under, you know, influence of other power. And I realized how much freedom I have and just to be who I want to be with no repercussions. And also I have running water in my house. Isn't that amazing? And I have mm-hmm. a bed to sleep in and my kids are okay and my husband is okay and I'm okay. And everything else on top of this is amazing. Yeah, it's a bonus. Yeah, it's a bonus. And I will work to have more of the bonus, okay? But it's not coming from I don't have enough or I'm not enough. It's not coming from that. And I think when you create things in your life or you want to become someone because you don't feel enough, it looks very differently. It's very urgent. It feels very chaotic. It feels like you are on a timeline because if you are not happy right now where you are or just at peace, even in some ways of acceptance, like even if you go through a hard time and you have a hard time accepting, yes, I'm going through a hard time, you will be rushing through this just not to be in a hard time. Right. Right. So everything becomes very urgent and very rushed and very almost like if this doesn't happen, my life is over. And I don't think it's a great way to to go for this, you know, in, with this urgency. So, yeah. And I don't think some, I think people will go their entire lives not knowing that there's anything else. I know because we're chasing something. So that that's, you know, it led me to, I just saw how much influence, just relationship with my son and my husband and myself. I, and even this year, as we were talking about how I used to coach and how I coach now and every level of every season can show you different different sides of or different depths of what you need to still look at. And, you know, like I said before, I used to be very, I'm still tough. I'm still <laughs> tough, but you, I don't, tough? <laughs> yeah, but I don't have to, when you look at me, I don't have to, Yeah, you know, Yeah, like I literally, I, I think I used to scare people. You used to scare the hell out of me. Yeah. You yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. I used to scare. So imagine. Uma. That was, we used to call, call you I Uma. Know. <laughs> and I was so proud of it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so tough. And now, and now I'm, I'm a very strong person and I don't have to be showing you that. I don't have to be asserting myself that I'm tough. You know, I can be just me and I can be soft and I can be playful and, and I'm still, and I'm still strong. Yeah. But it's very different. It feels different. It, do, it doesn't have to be strong to the world and to people and to like show my power and my strength. And I will like, you know, yeah. I don't need any of this. No, the strength I need from you as a coach and a, yeah. and being connected to yeah. myself, the most powerful moments have been, and like, truly I'm calling Ludmiwa crying and she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm driving. And she's like, okay, all right. Pull over on the side of the road. Are you safe? And I'm like, yeah. And then she's like, okay, I want you to close your eyes. We're going to take a deep breath. Yeah. You are safe in your body right now. <laughs> and like, there's so many moments in my head where literally, and I'm speaking just mm-hmm. on behalf, I'm like, let me watch, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm like, no, I'm upset and I'm hurt and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm, and I'm like, fix, you know, and yeah. I'm like, someone fix it because I'm yeah. in pain. Yeah. But the pain is created in my mind because it's not actually happening to me. Mm-hmm. And so the softness that you've given me in those moments to just get me level-headed, to balance me out, to 
to get me to a place where I can, because like you said in other episodes, there's no logic in those moments when we're in pain. I can't logically think what's going on right now. Why am I in so much pain? Can I think through what I'm actually in pain about? No, I'm, I want to alleviate the pain, get it off of me, undo this pain. Mm -hmm. And for you to always be so soft Mm -hmm. and get me to a place where I can regulate my Mm -hmm. own nervous system. Mm -hmm. I've been able to, Mm -hmm. like, I swear you can talk me down. Like you're, you are now, you can talk me down in 30 minutes. (laughs) I, you know, it's, um, and I had something and I think I lost it. Yes. And coming back to that pain, right? So I, I softened a lot. It's still very strong energy, but it's soft and it's very compassionate. And more than ever this year, I've, I've really practiced being with the pain, mm. meaning everything that is unraveling, you know, in Ukraine. And, you know, my grandfather was from Ukraine. We have our roots there, like mm-hmm. transgenerate. My mom is from Russia. So I'm connected to three spots, Ukraine, Russia, and Poland. And Poland took in like 3.5 million refugees. Okay. Mm-hmm. So energetically, it's like I'm carrying. You feel that. You're carrying I, that. I mean, it was crazy what was happening to me this year when it all started. Like, I would feel flashes, like, take over me. I was like, what is happening? And I would just start crying and crying. And I'm like, why am I even crying? Like, I'm not in Poland. I'm not in Russia. I'm not in Ukraine. Why am I having such emotional... What, what is happening with me? Mm-hmm. And so this year, I, I was more than ever learning how to allow this to come over me, whatever I didn't even understand. I was like, I don't know what is happening. I'm sure it's connected, but I'm trying to not always figure out with your brain, but with feeling and just, it would wash over me and then come again. And it would come with like timelines. It would come for a few weeks and then it would like dissipate because I would be with it. Mm -hmm. And then it would show up again and it would show up again. And I have learned so much just for being present to that pain Mm -hmm. because what I've learned is that pain transforms you if you allow it. Pain will transform you. And the more you allow it to transform you, you experience life and relationships on such a deeper level. So the pain feels deeper, but the love and joy and gratitude feels deeper. So I always know that no matter how painful this is right now, it just prepares me for the deeper level of abundance and deeper level of receiving and deeper level of being connected. So I know that without feeling this depth of heartbreak, right? Or grief, like I felt so much grief about all, everything that's happening there and thinking about, you know, I'm the mother right now and so many kids are displaced right now without their fathers and and I lost my father. So it, it really activated this transgenerational wounding in me. And, but I was so open to this. Yes, it's heartbreaking. I'm not going to pretend it isn't. It is. So I'm going to sit with it and I'm going to carry myself for this. And I don't even need my husband to carry me for this. I can carry myself through this and I can cry and I can kind of break through it and then come back to myself and break through it and then figure it out as I go. And I had this beautiful moment. I was at the retreat where I was facilitating, but also participating. And I was trying to figure out like, how can I understand all of this in some ways? Because it's so, it's so heartbreaking. How can I make sense out of anything? And who am I? What's my role in all of this? Right. And, and it, and at some point in the sessions that we had came to me that I'm love and I'm here to give love and experience love and help people to feel and connect to that and con and, you know, connect to yourself through love. And it was just such a, like, I just felt it. I just felt it. And for me to be able to help myself to be more connected and help others, I need to be able to sit with the pain mm-hmm. because if I cannot sit with the pain, how can I sit with love and gratitude? That's like, I will not be able to experience that on that level either. So learning how to, even more this year, how to be okay with not being okay, not being okay, where everybody else is okay. And then don't get it, right? If you haven't lived in that area, you have no idea how that feels and what it triggers in me or people like me. So it's okay. And I give myself permission to take, like, take a week off work and just be with myself and no rush. And when the thoughts would come, you need to come back to business and be like, no. I need to be with this right now. And every time I did that, the business on the other side would come back stronger. Yeah. Right? Yes. Would come back stronger. So it's just such a learning in, yeah, I'm here to experience the experience of life and not only the doing, doing, doing. Well, I thank you for sitting in it. Yeah. 
because you sitting in it and, and being connected to yourself Mm -hmm. and always having a coach, you know, your coaches Mm -hmm. need coaches. Let me make sure I'm very clear on that Mm -hmm. is what is helping so many of Mm -hmm. us, especially high achieving women, which is what you specialize in Mm -hmm. really connect with ourselves. And that creates a completely different life. The woman I was two years ago, I can speak from experience, mm-hmm. is a completely different woman now because of the work that I've done with you. Mm-hmm. And that work started with you. Mm-hmm. So I hope this episode helped you guys kind of see the woman behind the coaching mm-hmm. and how passionate you truly are about this because you've always, some of the best coaches are the people mm-hmm. that have put themselves in the seat first. Mm-hmm. And you have constantly put yourself in that seat. And you've constantly been willing to accept and evolve who it is mm-hmm. in that seat so that you can yeah. be a better coach for all of us mm-hmm. to really connect with ourselves. And I will, I will probably speak on behalf of most of the women that you've worked with. You've saved a lot of us from ourselves mm-hmm. and made us better mothers, better mm-hmm. women in business, mm-hmm. better leaders. Mm-hmm. But like I said, most importantly, I've never felt more liber- liberated in my life because it is something from a pattern perspective that I can come back to anytime I feel like I'm losing. Mm-hmm. And so I thank you. For- thank you. And I received that. Thank you. <laughs> It's, um, I just value relationships so much. And you constantly remind me that I have to value them as well. Yes. And, and, you know, because every time I work with people that make tons of money, they can make tons of money, but if the relationships are not right, it overshadows everything. 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 Because we want to be connected. That's who we are human beings and we want to feel connected. So, you know, through our own experiences, we became so mental meaning not mental like we are crazy individualism so like yes so like analytical all the things that we disconnect from our heart and our soul constantly on daily and then we struggle how to feel connected and you know it's this understanding that we are not separate from that we are not separate from that we all go through so many things that we have in common and we are more connected than separate so we all try to fit in we try to find our place in this life we try to find a way to be loved and valued and seen and like all of us, all of us. So we are more connected than not. And when we forget that, we forget that we focus on all those things outside of us that can never fill that, that desire for belonging. And so it's our job to first start to the, the journey of belonging within ourselves and then finding ways how we can belong with other people. Welcome to Deeply Connected. <laughs> Thank you for this. Thank you. This was amazing. I enjoyed it close for them tell them why we're here and remember may we all feel deeply connected to ourselves and others around us thank you so much for loving yourself enough to spend the time deep diving into what you need to feel heal and connect again my hope is that you are able to connect with yourself and others differently today Please share this with other women in your life. It is time we share the wealth when it comes to connecting deeply with ourselves and those around us. Make sure to write a review on all your favorite listening platforms and join us on YouTube as well. You can always learn more about working with me at ludmiwawoodruff.com and I will see you next week.